This is Dream Power Radio, the place where your dreams turn into reality. Here is your host, Debbie Specter Weissman. Hello, 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 and welcome to Dream Power Radio. This is a place where we talk about dreams, both daytime and nighttime dreams. Now you can use them to make the internal shift to a life you love and rediscover the truth of who you really are. Well, here's a fun fact. Although, given what we're about to talk about today, perhaps I shouldn't call it a fun fact, but here's what I mean. This program is all about finding our best selves and seeing the positive things that life has to offer us. But in all the shows I've done over the past few years, there's one subject I haven't talked about, and that's the one we're going to talk about today. Evil. That's right. Behind all those good things we like to think about ourselves, there's that dark side. That shadow side that some people comes out occasionally. And unfortunately, for other people, it's the dominant part of their personality. So what makes people evil? Where does it come from? Can evil ever be eliminated? Well, we're going to discuss all this with prolific author and speaker Kate Montana. Kate has written a new book, Cracking the Matrix, The Key to Ultimate Freedom that explores the nature of the anti-forces that are out there and what we can do about them. Welcome back to Dream Power Radio, Kate. Good to be back on the show, Debbie. Good to see you again. (laughs) Yes, and what a topic to talk about. Well, Kate, I'd like to say you're not the one to shy away from writing about weighty issues, and this certainly is one. (laughs) So what made you decide to write about evil or what you prefer to call the anti-life force? Yeah, COVID. It just was a wake-up call. It was such insanity and nothing made sense. And and it was like I went into the whole thing, trusting my government and my health officials to be, you know, have my best welfare at heart. And the exact antithesis apparently was the case and which just woke me up. And I was like, well, heck, if that's if I can't be safeguarded by my government health, if it, you know, if what's going on, I was looking at it a totally different reality. And I guess you could call it the conspiratorial perspective just like showed up. And the more I dove into what was behind COVID, what was behind the whole vaccine program, what was behind, then I got into the World Economic Forum. And then I got into the Great Reset and <clears throat> the huge global agendas that are moving us into corporatization and a AI infiltration into our biological, yeah. So this represented evil to you. Well, yeah, it did. And then simultaneously, I started remembering, I started remembering what I thought were dreams when I was younger, that actually there were nightmares that were stations of strange thoughts and strange snake-like serpent-like entities. And I just started to put one and two and come up with three together. And the more I looked at the whole picture and then why people seem to be so asleep, why we couldn't question, why so many people were willing to not question the global agendas that were showing up, All of these things were just huge red flags for me, Debbie. And so I started researching, I started researching evil forces and I was blown away to see that every culture, every civilization on every continent of this planet has a a name for this force. 
Witiko, Eepa, the Hawaiian kahunas call it Eepa. Witiko is the Koi Nation uh, word for it. Windingo, Satan, Shaitan, Beelzebub. I mean, the, the, the list is long. And it's like this force has been present and accounted for, named and written about thousands of years, for thousands of years. And so that was another startling realization. I'd been raised in the Episcopal Church, Christian. All the talk about the devil just completely turned me off. It seemed so improbable. It seemed so black and white, if you will, the whole good and evil, and then original sin, and then all of these, you know. So I had dismissed the whole devil made me do it kind of kind of looking at, at life and then when I got into the whole spiritual arena everything was love and light and positivity so anything dark let alone what you would call evil was totally shoved under the rug and <clears throat> if you were looking in that direction you were you had your head screwed on wrong you know so if you just thought positively enough and if if I just meditated long enough and got high enough in my conscious awareness, then it would all be okay. And I have since come to the conclusion that that's a highly naive perspective. Unfortunately. So let me ask you this. Where does yeah. it come from? Well, that's a doggone good question. I've read whole books on this, on this, I'll call it the archons. That's the, what the Greeks called it, the archons. They're very, they, you know, evil insinuating thought forms that are non-physical. So we would call them astral, perhaps, or etheric entities that you can't quite put your finger on it. But the old idea of the devil on your shoulder, whispering in your ear, bad things and, you know, do this and, and tempting you, that's really not far off base. But the thing of it is, is this is a non-physical presence, if you will. And so it makes it very dif difficult to, um, to accept as really real. You know, you talk about dreams. So much of what I dismissed as a young woman having, when I got into spirituality and when I started meditating, Debbie, that's when I cracked my Kundalini and I cracked my whole psychic centers open. And that's when I started to have really appalling astral attacks. My consciousness was still at a fear-based level. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no meditation instruction, no spiritual guidance. I was just in a cabin in the woods meditating, looking within, you know, because I thought that was what I was supposed to do. And all this stuff started showing up and it was terrifying. And I had no context to put it in. I do have a master's degree in psychology. So I actually went back to my advisor at, at the college that I graduated from and I asked him to recommend a psychiatrist. When I started, I started getting pulled out of my body, out of body experiences. I'd get thrown into graveyards. I'd hear this weird cackling and strange entities. It was terrifying. I just thought I was losing my mind. So, and the psychiatrist that I went to go see, he was, he was pretty convinced I was probably schizophrenic and wanted to do a case study on me. And fortunately I ran in the <laughs> other direction. <laughs> I found a really good spiritually oriented psychologist who I told the exact same stories to. And she just went, huh, well, that's unusual, but it's a sign of evolution. And I'm not worried about, you know, your out of body evil experiences. I, I think we really ought to focus on your issues with your stepfather. <laughs> <laughs> Getting into those other real life situations as opposed to, you know, what 
is more unseen and because it's unseen, it's very hard to define. And so we yeah. kind of make our own definitions of what it is. The science kind of- has its own approach, which is it doesn't exist. Then psychiatry comes along and goes, well, it's hallucinatory. It doesn't exist, It's it, but it's it, it does exist as hallucinations when you're really mentally ill. And so we have all these labels and that's another reason we don't see it. And, you know, the devil in Christianity is so is so black and white and so bare bones kind of superficial that that's easily dismissed. Psychiatry comes along and says, it's a hallucination. Then you can dismiss it. We turn to science. Science says none of that stuff exists. So we dismiss it. So we wonder why we don't engage this subject. These are part of the reasons why. Yeah. And it seemed to me, though, that if you're talking about anti-life archon or things like that, the opposite of that would be what we would, for lack of better wordage we would call god but the belief in god actually act as a hindrance in kind of ridding ourselves from these anti-life forces or even admitting that they're there yeah that's a really good point debbie it doesn't seem obvious until you start looking at it but the whole monotheistic orientation there's one god that created everything So there's one source, whether you call it God or whether you call it source consciousness or whether you call it cosmic consciousness or Christ consciousness or the unlimited one or whatever whatever label you want to use, that puts us in the really gnarly situation of, well, if there's one God, one source, then, and it's love, you know, nobody will argue about that, you know, the source is, is all love and light. Then we're put in the in the really sticky situation of having to figure out, well, why why did something why did evil show up? How could evil come from love? And so then, for, I mean, and for thousands of years, people have been head scratching over that one with no satisfactory ideas really, except to again diminish this force. Oh well, if it comes from God and it's really love, it's just it's just twisted light. It's just, you know, it's really not so bad. It can be renovated. It can be rescued. It can be brought back into its real self, which is love. And, you know, but when you look at things like satanic ritual abuse and and the horrific stuff that goes down on this planet way more frequently than anybody has a clue, I have been so shocked at the prevalence of ritual abuse, Satanism, really deep, dark agendas, torture, you know, ritual rape of babies. I mean, oh my God. And that is not, that has nothing to do with the light. That has nothing to do with love. And so one of the things in this two year long investigation that led to the making of the book, Cracking the Matrix, and I have a new subtitle, it's 14 Keys to Individual and Global Freedom. New subtitle. <laughs> One of the things that I, I, I realized was that evil doesn't come from the same source. It has its own source. It's an anti-life force. It's an anti-light force. It's a dark force. It is, but it is other. It doesn't come from the light. And that actually, that thought exploded my brain. Well, because is, yeah, I would say if it is an other and because we've always been taught that you know evil comes within us but if it's another then are we not responsible for how we act i love it debbie that's so good yes and no yes of course we're responsible for how we act but i've realized that this presence which has been on this planet for 
and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years has infiltrated and its agenda is fundamentally to make us believe that we're evil and so we slide into the abyss of shame and self-remorse and guilt which are insidious programs and and then we have religious and spiritual programs that actually support this view this is again part of the insidious twisting of the light if you will beautiful spiritual and religious teachings have been twisted and infiltrated by this anti-life anti-love agenda intelligence and we come up with things like concepts of original sin which is probably, as far as I'm concerned, the most devastating concept that has ever been pressed to humanity. And I mean, anybody who's ever looked into the eyes of a, of a little baby for more than 10 seconds, I mean, original sin, excuse me, what a bunch of horse manure, but we've come to believe it. And now we've got thousands, we've got hundreds and hundreds of generations of men and women just in the Christian, just in the Middle Eastern Christian, Muslim and Jewish faiths alone who have passed down this idea of original sin that originates in us. And so we have hundreds of generations of people passing down epigenetic stamp of guilt and shame and self-deprecation and horror at, at how nasty and, and horrible humanity is, how bad the body is. And so we wonder why we have a modern generation that is so completely screwed up and that self-esteem issues are just like the big thing. Everybody's trying to build self-esteem. Well, we're built trying to build self-esteem on this rotten foundation this program that has been pushed to us relentlessly through social, through educational, through religious, through spiritual messaging until we finally believe that we're evil. And so, you know, okay, so then, okay, well, then how do I explain, you know, when I, you know, when I was eight years old and I kicked the dog down the stairs, you know, that's pretty bad. How do I explain? I mean, you know, where did that come from? I wish I had all the answers, Debbie. <laughs> Well, I tell you, tell you, you maybe I have all the answers, but you certainly brought up a lot of questions. And on that note, we're going to take a short break here. <laughs> we are speaking with Kate Montana all about evil or the anti-life force. And we'll be right back. From to better, wrong to right. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, a.k.a. Dr. Dream. And I just wrote the book, A Crisis is a Terrible Thing to Waste, The Art of Transforming the Tragic into Magic. You can pre-order it wherever books are sold. Welcome back to Dream Power Radio with your host, Debbie Spector-Weissman. Yes, welcome back to Dream Power Radio. I'm your host, Debbie Spector-Weissman, and we're speaking with Kate Montana about evil. Well, Kate, your book has been very well researched when you talk about theories about where evil has come from and where these life forces have come from. And they, they're they not from us, but out there from others. As mere mortals, if these forces really are from, from someplace else, what can real mortals like us do about it? 
I think the most important thing is to realize that this force exists because as long as we keep it in the closet and dismiss it and diminish it, then we're subject to it and we never get past. So we, and we never get past our programming, which is false programming. We are beings of the light. We are beings of love. That is our natural innate essence that has been corrupted we have adopted the shadow side we live in physical bodies and this is very it's understandable how we got here we live in these physical bodies that can be hurt physically we can be hurt emotionally we can be damaged mentally and psychologically so there's this and and the, the body gives me the sense of you know i'm looking at the screen and you the screen seems to be over here and debbie's over there and i'm over here and so there seems to be separation so that's the whole you know illusion of duality and so that's that's the message our bodies give us 24 7 therefore we are naturally subject to fear fear of the other fear of being hurt etc and so we can be aggressive and so any so any any entity that's driven by fear you know we we're coming from two things either fear which is the anti-life force frequency or we're coming from love which is our innate inherent essence when we adopt the fear then we are subject to programming and we end up doing horrific things that we we go to war we commit genocide we rape babies we do these horrific things you know i could go back to covid but i won't <laughs> you know people can do their own research on that but it's it's terrifying how twisted and violent and aggressive and into control and manipulation this world has become it's not our natural nature so i think the first thing is to see that this force exists and then go oh and then instead of going, oh, holy Moses, this force exists, I'm so scared. Instead of getting frightened of it, which, you know, fear is a big thing. We fear the dark. We fear the dark outside of us. Now we fear the dark inside of us. And it's all a matrix that we have been guided into and then accepted. So I have to say that, you know, I've had all of these, you know, psychic attacks and stuff like that scared the hooey out of me. I'm not, I'm not going to say that it didn't. It has. And, but when I finally started doing this research and I turned around and I went, oh my God, this is a force that really does exist. Oh my God, it's influenced me. Oh my God, it's influencing the world around me. Oh my God. And then when I finally looked at it, went, oh my God, I am of love. That is my natural essence. I have no darkness in me, lest I accept the program lest I agree with the matrix agenda. And then I'm lost because then it's all on me. I'm the bad guy. You're the bad guy. I've got to watch out for my neighbor. It's like, what a twist. So the power, Debbie, that has arisen in me and the lack of fear that has now arisen in me to finally see my true essence and accept it, I spent 40 years in the whole spirituality market, okay, writing books about it and transformation and meditated my derriere off for 40 years. And it's like, it's like I never could escape my own self-fear, my own self-judgment, my own belief in my own darkness. And it's a program. 
when I finally saw that it's a program that has nothing to do with me, Debbie, I was out of the matrix. I know that is amazing. And when you bring up the subject of fear, I mean, talk about it all the time because just not even equating it directly with evil or an anti-life force, but just the idea of fear keeping you small, keeping you under control, keeping you from discovering everything else that's out there, keeping you from even discovering the love that you have. Uh, and that also brings me back to another point that you kind of touched on that more when we first started talking about all of the worldwide is out there who uh, are out there spreading fear, spreading, if not evil itself, at least spreading fear, which can lead to evil. And I'm, and, you know, and I'm not really one to be a conspiracy theorist, but I'm wondering, is there a conspiracy to keep us dumb? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. When you know, when you look at the deliberate poisoning of our planet, our water, our food supply, pharmaceuticals account for 60% of it's the third leading cause of death in the United States is pharmaceuticals. And so we've got all of these forces, if you will, these very physical forces against us. We are being we are being shown a matrix that says we are bad. We are ugly. Original sin. You know, I'm I'm evil. Humanity can't be trusted. We have to be controlled. We can't control ourselves. We can't trust ourselves. So something outside of us, maybe the World Economic Forum, maybe the, the World Health Organization, maybe some global, you know, overarching NGO, whatever is going to show us the way and the path to salvation. But it's all about control. I would call the lack of free will and the lack of choice and the lack of freedom of movement and the lack of freedom of, of speech and information an evil agenda. So, so do you really think that we lack free will? I think there comes a point, Debbie, when we're so confused about who we are that we can't even begin to make a, that we can't begin to choose wisely for ourselves. We can't even we can't even trust that we're a man or a woman anymore. You know, by age six, I've got to have figured out my agenda, my my gender. So there, there's all these influences that are so torturous that lead us into such despair and confusion when the simplicity of who we really are are these beautiful spirit beings of love. And, you know, and we have been convinced that we are something else. And so to get back to the truth of who we are is so simple. It's and, you know, and I looked and what one of the things that shocked me about the whole new age movement is is that when I really looked at it, I I, I left the whole, you know, network television, you know, claw up the up the corporate ladder world and and went within because that didn't seem to be satisfactory. And then now I look back and I go, wait a minute, it's the same overarching agenda out in the world as it is in spirituality. I have to be something other than myself. I have to attain. I have to manifest. I have to be who I'm not because I'm not good enough because, oh, original sin. There's this dark shadow in me that I can't trust. So it's all about moving out of the body, moving towards some sort of external higher, better than when I'm already love. I'm already divine. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to meditate. It's like all of this agenda, it looks so sweet, but it's poison fruit, Deb. 
it's like, oh my God, anything that takes us out of seeing our own beauty and our gentleness and our sweetness. Yes. Okay. I kicked the dog down the stairs when I was eight. Have I done some other nasty things? Absolutely. Of course. That's life. I can't, you know, explain that better than, you know, we eventually grow up given half a chance given the truth of who we really are rather than these twisted religious and spiritual and socioeconomic teachings and and psychiatric beliefs about about ourselves so the whole book is try tries to get people to expose all this stuff to see it's the first step and then to see that it's not you is the second step that's that's when the that's when everything explodes that's when the big that's when we have choice is because all of a sudden I don't have to go along with the mainstream agenda. I don't, you know, I know who I really am. And when I know who I really am, then there's nothing to be afraid of. Nothing can dissuade me. And it's not a philosophy. I didn't read Yogananda and come to a conclusion of who I am. I'm grounded in my own being and know who I am. And it's just like, oh, I'm aligned with life. Well, what's what's it, what action, what choice do I make when given a choice of in a situation? What's the life-giving choice? Okay, let me ask you a question though. Let's yeah. say, you know, you hear this and say, yes, I want to embrace the light. I want to embrace love. But, you know, I've got all this, you know, weight of years of hearing everything else, you know, this bombarded me. What is like, you know, the first step or the second step I could take to get to that point where I can say I embrace light and really believe it? I know that is so, so hard. Um, I wish I had a simple answer. And actually, I do have a simple answer. You know, if once we wake up to this agenda and this other force from another source, then and then we realize that it's not us and then that's the beginning of the journey of self-trust and i you know and i i i do 14 steps in the book at the end of every chapter there's a key start listening to your own start do the best you can to when you have when you're faced with a choice instead of going outside to news sources or to meditation even just drop it the body knows the body holds you know, I actually, the safe place that I've discovered is in my body, not out there. 25,000 hours of meditation, Debbie, I'm really good at getting out of my body, but I've found that the real safe haven and truth lies in my body. And then I'm in, then I'm an embodied, powerful love being. So it's a step-by-step -step incremental learning to build self-trust when we have had thousands of years of agenda program trying to take us away from self-trust well, and so it's it's a step-by-step -step journey yes and i have to say you know we've just scratched the surface of what you talk about in the book and we almost out of time so i have to ask you how can people find out about the book and about you they can find out about the book and me on my website, katemontana.com, and that's Kate with a C. Cracking the Matrix, 14 Keys to Individual and Global Freedom. It can be found for sale on Amazon. Wonderful. Well, Kate, thank you so much for being on Dream Power Radio today. Debbie, it's been a great, it's been a great short show. Good questions. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Well, we've been speaking about evil with author Kate Montana. I hope you've enjoyed today's program. If so, please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Until next time, this is Debbie Spector-Weissman saying 
Sweet dreams, everybody. You've been listening to Dream Power Radio with your host, Debbie Spector Weissman. For more information on Debbie or to sign up for her newsletter, go to dreampowerradio.com. This has been Dream Power Radio.